morning. So glad you've joined us for part three of uh, this six-part series on the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is the most recited, most memorized and studied text in the whole of Scripture. This prayer is, is, is not just a simple prayer that's put in the, in, the, in the Bible, but it's a way of life as well as a model for how to pray to God. So it's not just about prayer, it's about living. If you, if, if, if you look at the prayer, it's about how, as a Christian, we should live our lives in relationship to God. Ezra Taft Benson says this, When we put God first, all things fall into their proper place or drop out of our lives. Our love of the Lord will govern their claims for our affection, the demands on our time, the interest we pursue, and the order of our priorities. So today, we'll be talking about asking God to supply our needs. Today's scripture is, is verse 11, Matthew 6, verse 11, that says, Give us this day our daily bread. And that word daily and day, this is the only time in Scripture they're used. So it's really fascinating to find out that there's only two other incidences outside of Scripture that they can find them words. So instead of the word daily, a lot of theologians think that it, was, it, it means now. Give us our, what we need now, not, not daily, but right now in the moment. Instead of daily, it's in the moment, which makes, to me, more sense. Because God's worrying about everything else. We're just supposed to be in the moment. We have to remember that we are all beggars. This part of the text, this part of the text is when we finally get invited by Jesus. We finally get invited to Jesus. Jesus is saying, you can ask for things. But you've got to realize, he's redirected our priorities. He's redirected us to put God on the throne of our lives. Recommitting ourselves to his saving agenda and vowing obedience to his will. You see, the first week we learned about God the Father, that he's our Father in heaven, and that he is holy, there is none like him, and he is never changing. We are always changing. And then, last week, we, we, we learned that we're to pray as Christians which this is why it's a model of life, we're to throw ourselves off the throne of our lives because how often do we put ourselves back on the throne of our lives and to put Jesus there? And then, then we're supposed to ask for his will, not ours. So by the time we get to say, hey, Jesus, hey, God, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this moment what we need, what we need, our heart should be in the right place. See, we are no, now ready to talk to him about physical things because 
When you pray, give us this daily bread. This is a great expression of our appreciation for God supplying your, our daily needs. The needs that we need right now. Sometimes in this country it's hard because we have this idea that all the stuff I have is mine and I've earned it. You're lucky, you're blessed that you were born in America. That's that's God showing his grace and mercy on your life. Even the poorest person in America is richer than most of the rest of the world. They don't have government assistance. See, you see, you have nothing that God did not give you. See, you can say, well, I earned it. I went to work. I did all the work. But God says... Who gave you the talent to do what you're doing? Remember, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. He put you together. That means he gave you the ability to do what you do. He gave you all the talent. That's why we all all are not the same. Because he gave you the ability to do what he has called you to do. So you can do your work. But God says... Who gave you talent? Who gave you the skill? And he says back to you, I did. See, we should be constantly giving the credit to God. That is why it's so important when we tithe that we realize that we're not giving God something that, that of ours. We're just giving him back a portion of what he has already given us. We're just saying... God, you are so generous in my life that, that I want to show my appreciation for what you have done for me by giving back into you, even though this isn't mine. That's the idea of the tithe. It's to realize where you got it in the first place. We should be constantly giving God the credit for so richly and consistently supplying us. We should be thanking God that we are born in America and that we do get different rights than the rest of the world. We do get better opportunities than the rest of the world instead of complaining. See, God is responsible for supplying not only bread, but all of food, soil, rainfall, seeds, sunshine, because all things, according to Scripture, and I believe Scripture, comes from Him. So it is both humbling and accurate to see God as the originator of every meal we eat. Every meal we eat comes from him. He is our supplier. We are beggars coming to God begging. Matthew fifteen twenty one through 28 says this. And Jesus went away from them there and withdrew to distract to the district of Tyre of Sidon. 
And behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. This woman who was persistent. Great is your faith. Be it done for you as desired. And her daughter was healed instantly. See, we should be praying for our needs. This prayer is for our needs, not our greeds. You should be able to remember that. We're praying for our needs, not our greeds. The daily bread doesn't just mean food, though. It also represents everything we need. Jesus says in John 16, 13, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So this does not mean, Jesus did not say, hey, just tap Jesus' name on the end of every prayer you pray, and you will get it. It doesn't matter what it is. If you want a a brand new Lamborghini, just put, hey, Lord, please give me a a Lamborghini in hot red with black leather interior. In Jesus' name, amen. That's not what it means to tack Jesus' name on the end of a prayer. See, that's why the prayer comes in the succession it does. Because by this time, like I said earlier, by this time, our heart should be in the right place. Our heart should be in the right place. This is not taught all the time. But we should be praying God's will by this time. So by this time, we should be not praying for a brand new Lamborghini. We should be praying for our needs and not our needs for tomorrow, but our needs right in the moment. I don't have to worry about later today. God's already there worrying about it for me and for you. No, instead he meant that our prayers should be prayed based on his authority as a mediator And in accordance with his character, which if you've been listening the past two weeks, and I hope you've paid attention, I said it, God is our Father, he is holy, so you would be praying for God to be on the throne of your life. So if he's on the throne of your life, your heart will be changed, and now you're praying for God's will, so your prayers will be totally different, won't they? Because you'll be lined up with Scripture. So then Jesus will answer you. Jesus has a hold of your heart. If you don't believe in him, 
How can you talk to God? And if you believe in Christ, you need his word, which then your wants will line up with God's plan. That's when you can ask because your wishes will be Jesus' wishes. You see, if you ask for something that does not line up with God, God isn't going to give it to you. God isn't going to bless sin, by the way. God isn't going to bless it. He's not going to, he might leave you in it to discipline you. But if you're living in a relationship that doesn't line up with Scripture, and then you're praying for that relationship to work, he's not going to bless it. He might not do anything about it but he's not going to bless it because it doesn't line up with his word. So he's going to answer that prayer? No. I'm just going to leave you there and maybe you'll realize what you're doing is sin. And that doesn't matter whether it's a relationship, if it's a, 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 an addiction. Sin is sin. God doesn't bless sin. It's not in his nature. So if you, if you play for the blessings on, on stuff that doesn't line up with Scripture, he's never going to answer yes. See, Jesus, God isn't stupid, is he? God isn't stupid. Romans 16, 27 says, God is, is the only wise God. The only wise God. So he's not going to bless our stupid prayers. But by this time in this prayer, if you're praying this way, by this time you're not going to be praying stupid prayers anymore. See, this prayer, and there is, there's plenty of other places that, that God says, I'll give you abundance and I'll supply. I'll go above your needs. But this prayer is about supplying your needs. This is about a, a, a way of life as a Christian. And a way to pray as a Christian. And daily is also an allusion to the Israelites' manner that we read about in the text. See, they would have remembered the miracle bread that appeared over the day. Because they would have been told the story over and over again. These Jewish people that he was telling this to would have been, they, they would have, understood what this meant, that they lived in the wilderness, that, that, that their forefathers lived in the wilderness after the exodus for Egypt. So daily bread reminds us that God generally doesn't front us a supply for a year, does he? He doesn't upfront you the supply for a year. He provides moment by moment. See, this means we have to trust him to supply our daily needs. Remember the story of George Mueller last week when I told you he would wait. Three years in his ministry that had been truly blessed, he would wait and be praying for food for the orphanages. And it would come in just at the last minute because God chose to show up right then. And to supply the needs 
that day. And then he would have to start over every morning and every lunch and every supper. Because that's putting your trust in God. So we need to pray for our needs. You see, God prefers to dribble it out as, as a needed basis. So we need, we need to come to God with our needs and he will supply all of our needs to the will so they will glorify him. Proverbs 38 through 9 says, Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Least I be full and deny you. And say, who is the Lord? Or least I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. See, this will create a dependence on God. This creates a dependence on God. In Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 11, says this. God gives a very important street-level warning here. Was given just at the right time, just before they're going to enter the, 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 the promised land. And this is what he says. And you shall remember the whole way. That the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That he might humble you. Testing you to know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna. Which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you. And your foot, your foot did not swell these 40 years. In other words, they didn't need a new pair of shoes because their feet grew. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of your Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, of springs flowing out of, in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, and a land of olive tree, trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I commanded you today. You see, the children of Israel were just about to enter the promised land. This land of, of, of milk and honey where abundant resources would be available to them and they would face tempta temptation of affluence. And you might ask, what is that? It is the temptation we all face in America 
every day. Even last year when there was no toilet paper in the stores. Why do you think it made us so crazy? I'm telling you, when COVID hit third world countries that didn't have toilet paper, they, they weren't all panicking, thinking the end of the world is coming. You see, when things are going well and supplies are many, that is the curse of living in America. And we forgot our utter dependence on the power and the goodness and the faithfulness of God, our Father, even for everything in life. You see, this prayer for daily bread reminds us, it's a reminder to us that we are dependent on God for even the most mundane needs of our life. See, only our Father's power to control all the conditions. You see, that is why you've got the ability to be in... He controls all conditions, situations, locations, events, and all all the people that come into your lives. So he can use that to meet all of our needs, to have order in our lives. You see, God ordains all of this. The only reason I'm standing here and I'm not in England is God ordained it. God ordained my dad to leave his family and come to America when, he were, when I was seven years old. He didn't say it was right. He allowed it to happen. Do you know why he allowed it to happen? This is, this is how, this is the topic for next week, but this is how I learned to forgive. He allowed this to happen so one day it would bring me here. And one day he would call me. And now one day I'm here preaching his word. God controls all situations, even if they don't look good at the time. Even if they don't look good. He is in control of all things. He made me loud for a reason. See, independence independence itself is a delusion. It's a delusion. Even the most ardent atheist is dependent on God for his very life and breath. If you believe what the scripture says, he is dependent on God whether he believes it or not. See, no one is able to get what they need for their physical existence on his own. No one lives a self-sufficient life. No one. No one. In a, in a time of preppers where they're building little places to live in case the world ends, no one is self-sufficient. No one can live without God intervening in their lives. So no one could say, look how successful I have been, able to care for my, me without any outside assistance. No one. It is really true when James says that every good and perfect gift 
is from above. James 1.17. So we should look up and give thanks. We should give thanks. When we're, when we're asking for our daily bread to supply our daily needs, our, our in, we should also be giving thanks to God for supplying our needs. Because we should realize that we are dependent on him. And we could have nothing without him. So we should look up and give thanks to the one who is the great and loving supplier. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Have you? Have you learned to be content? I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, uh, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. I wish more of us boasted about our weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, this, this leads to contentment. There was a rich industrialist, this is a story from, from the north, who was horrified to find the southern fisherman lying lazily beside his boat, smoking a pipe. And uh, the industrialist says, hey, why aren't you out fishing? And the fisherman said, because I have caught enough fish for a day. And why don't, and the industrialist says, why don't you catch more, some more? And he says, what would I do with it? And the industrialist said, well, you could earn more money, was the reply. With that, you could have a motor fixed to a boat and go into deeper waters and catch more fish. Then you would make enough money to buy nylon nets. This would bring you more fish and more money. Soon you would have enough money to own two boats, maybe even a fleet of boats. Then you would be a rich man like me. The fisherman goes, well, what would I do then? And he said, then you could really enjoy life. What do you think I'm doing now, the fisherman said. See, when we have learned how to ask for our daily bread and our immediate means, we learn how to live life day by day, moment by moment. If you don't know, I am a person who struggles with enjoying and thanking God for today. You see, I have always have 
these unrealistic expectations that if I overwork myself today, if I do as much as I can today, then there'll be a magical day come, and that day I will be able to relax. But that magical day never comes. It's an illusion. See, in my life, rest is often an illusion. Something that I promise myself when I get this done, but I just add more stuff to it. See, something always just out of reach because I have this compulsion to be productive. I think it's the way God wired me, but, but I think God doesn't want me to be like that. And invariably, I miss out. See, I miss on, out on, you miss out on self-care. You miss out on enjoying the beauty all around you when you're too busy focused on doing stuff. I miss out on enjoying a moment of quiet prayer and resting God because I'm too busy doing something else. I'm not content. See, I want to be like the fisherman. But I always think I have to do more. I miss out sometimes on frivolous playtime with my grandkids or my kids because I'm too busy. I miss out on necessary sleep. This is the big one for me. Because I fill myself with so much stuff, that's the first place I cut. If we live, if we live by years, because that's what I'm doing when I do this, I will lose years on exhaustion over productivity that actually adds little to our life. See, if we learn to live daily, we will find daily rewards in peace, prayer, and presence with family and friends. Because you remember this, in the same chapter of Matthew, as give us our daily bread, Jesus says this, David read the text earlier. This is just a portion of it. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. See, probably if, if we think about the story about the fishermen, we could say the same thing about leisure. Do not put off leisure until tomorrow, for tomorrow is not today and may never come. Today's leisure is enough for today. So we should work, we should have leisure, but we, and we should be asking God to fill us with these. That's asking for our daily bread. Because it's really not, not, bread is not a, is, is the prayer is, not daily and not bread. It is really moments and our needs. Moments and our needs. And this is what we should be asking for. Because I believe we need to work because God gave us the ability to work in the garden. He told us to work. Work is only hard. I believe when I die and go to heaven... There's going to be work, but it's not going to be hard. Sin caused it to be hard. So all of this is what we're called to do. That's why God wired us the way we did. So this week, 
I want you to start to, how can you, ask yourself, how can you start to express your dependence on a God for all the necessities of your life? Maybe make a list of everything that he does for you. You see, I'll say this all the time. God owes us nothing. We didn't deserve the cross and he gave it to us. So anything else we get is above a need. You know, it's, it's like everything. This life is so short. Even if you live to 100, it's short. Because eternity is a long time. Max Lucado says this, God is able to accomplish, provide, help, save, keep, subdue. He is able to do what you can't. He already has a plan. God's not bewildered. Go to him. See, go to him and ask him to supply your need so you can glorify him because that's what it's all about. That's why the prayer waits for this petition to ask. It wants to put us in line with how we're supposed to be as Christians. That's why I say this is a way of life, not a prayer. It's a model for a prayer, but it's a way of life. It's a way of living and loving like a Christian is supposed to live. Join us for next week's sermon from now on. When we're going to talk about forgive us our our sins. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you that you do supply our immediate needs. God. Sometimes we get eager and we want answers for the future. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year or 10 years from now. And we know that you know that what's going to happen, God. And I just pray that we can realize that it's not important for us to know. Because we know you're a loving God who is taking care of us moment by moment. And you are not finished with us. So obviously you're going to keep taking care of us and supplying the needs of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.